Welcome into the I-80 Club, Wednesday night in the club. In the club. He's Jack. I'm Josh. If you're with us live, you're a patron. If you're listening before Saturday, you're a patron. If you're listening on Saturday, you're a freeloader. And we would love to have you join. We would love to have you join the I-80 Club. We do multiple live podcasts a week, including on Wednesday night and Saturday morning. Uh, We are hoping to do more late night stuff as the season continues. Stay tuned for details on that. But it's it's as low as $3 a month. And if you want to hang out with us live, it's only $5 a month. And the community's fun. There's a lot of great discussion going on with Husker football. People are very excited about the season. Uh, so join us there. Not to mention, Jack, we have an NFL podcast that we're doing every few Dude. weeks with Mike Schaefer and yours truly. Uh, it seems like there's one patron in particular who might be doing some basketball content for us maybe in the uh, in the upcoming two. maybe two. So if if you're hoping for more Nebraska ball content, perfect, because I'm not going to give it to you. Uh, you can so you can subscribe Dude, there. Patreon.com slash I 80 club. Yes, I am psyched. We'll, I'm hoping we can get all of the basketball content. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, but we'll see. Um, yeah, it's awesome. I hope you I hope you join us. It's been it's been a while. We haven't been pushing it a ton on Twitter, but it doesn't mean that it's gotten any less good in here, in my opinion. Uh, just in terms of the pl- a place to go instead of Twitter as an alternative uh, to all the Husker communities or instead of the crappy-ass message boards that they've got all over the place. We still think we've got the best spot, and we got the best people, and I do truly believe that. So uh, if you haven't tried it out, just try it, man. Just try it. It's not going to cost you a ton. If you hate it, you can quit after a month, but I really don't think you will. Uh, not only the access to the podcast, but right away – being a part of this Discord community with the which a with a bunch of people that have created a real a real community here. So yes. And Jack, and Jack, the inside info tier, which of course we Ooh, mentioned the hot. we mentioned the three and the five, but there is the eight dollar tier, and I've been dropping a few nuggets in there uh lately. Uh if you are new or you have not joined us at all we have had the quarterback position essentially pinned down on what was going on with the starter since week three uh, a lot of other folks pretty didn't much. we have had that pretty much nailed for a yes. few weeks now and we've gotten an extra bit of intel here and there as well so uh yeah, yeah. we got a lot of a lot of fun stuff going Dude. on in the uh in the discord the, uh yeah the inside info channel has been worth it if you started off when we made that tier a few months ago I would think. Yeah. I would think. I mean, yeah. it has been for me. Not that I pay for it, but you know what I mean. Yep. There you go. So, so yeah, patreon.com slash ID club. Okay. So um, I just tried a thing, and it evidently didn't work for anybody else, and I'm kind of sad uh, because I <laughs> went into one of the other uh, rooms, and I did a, uh, like, watch YouTube thing together, and I played. Mm-hmm. So at 7 o'clock, the, the GBR, GB Rewind, or whatever it's called is, it's just a bad name. But anyway. Wow. Um, sorry. Take that, Matt Rule. Yeah, I think it's a bad name, but whatever. Okay. Because um, I, I can never remember it, and it's just. Uh. But anyway, it, they're they're really good. They've been great. They're kind of like if you haven't seen any of them, it's kind of like Hard Knocks, but it's like Hard Knocks in season, kind of. Uh, and they just put out the latest one, which is uh, starts on the Monday before the Northwestern game, and really about two thirds of it is the actual Northwestern game. And man, go watch it. Go watch it. Uh, for whatever reason, nobody could, no, nobody stayed in, and so it must not have worked for them in the room that I was in. But I watched it; it looked great. But the halftime speech rule gives during it, 
Holy crap. And what game is this that he's doing the North, halftime speech? The Northwestern at halftime. Okay. The North it, it, I think of you know, a lot of these have come out on on uh, on these videos. To me, this is the best one of all of them. Really? Yeah. What makes it good? He was like he was basically like, uh, I don't want to spoil it, but he basically said, I know you guys are gonna win. Like the best team is going to win. He was like, but then he went out and pointed people in the room, like pointed out people in the room and was like, I'm never going to do it justice. I'm never going to do it justice by talking about it here. But but like sort of saying, hey, you ought to be just like, you know, rolling over this guy and you ought to be doing it was it was so good. I'm not going to do it any justice. Go watch it yourself without me trying to explain it. I thought it was really good. uh, Really cool episode. And it's always hilarious because they all dance after they win games. And that's also hilarious. And usually they get uh, Nick Henrich in there dancing and he is not really what you would call a good dancer. Not a good dancer. That's always a, what I'm looking for is Nick Henrich dancing, but you've got to you've got to check it out if you haven't seen. It. I'm not I'm not getting any money for this or anything, but man, if you're a fan of the program, and the first few, 10 minutes you can probably skip over if you want to. They I mean, they try and draw attention to like the things they do in the community and stuff, which I get uh as well, but once the game the pregame and just the rule talking to it, man, Josh God, rule talking to him. I don't know if it's that I haven't seen other coaches do every. I'm, I've seen like most of his pregames and halftime and postgame speeches, and so maybe I would feel about this with every coach if I actually saw this. I just haven't seen. I haven't had the access for any coach ever that I've had with rule. Okay. Well, there's something different about it too. Like the way he. I think the way he delivers his message, it's very easy. Um, anytime you see him speak behind the scenes, you know, and the one that I always think back to Jack is the one that he had in the preseason. It was during camp when he called up everyone who had gone to the NFL and he, had, you know, including like Trev Alberts. And he asked them, did you redshirt? Did you redshirt? Did you redshirt? Yeah. 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 And it was, I love, I loved that type of video. I loved seeing that type of speech. Because it it really does show you his mind and how it works and how he delivers messages. I think we have all had bosses that deliver messages in a good way. At least I hope we have. But I'm guessing all of us for sure have had bosses that deliver messages in a horrific way. That are bad communicators, poor communicators. He is not a poor communicator. You know, I'm guessing that Frost was a poor communicator just judging how he kind of was in front of the media. Man, Rule Rule is a great communicator. He is always a great communicator. He is always thinking about how to connect whatever he wants to connect with this group of players. Jack, I think we've seen that on the fly this year with remember what he said after the first couple of games in terms of the old the, the last few years and how that doesn't matter anymore and now that's like all he's talking about. Well, you and I we discussed it on on yeah. my show on Monday. Yeah. He brings up on the if you miss this guys, on the sidelines during the Northwestern game. He apparently brought up last year's Northwestern game. He brought up that they were up 11 in that game and that they lost it. And it's like, holy shit, like that is it's pretty it's pretty bold honestly to do so to bring up a negative and to turn it hopefully into a positive. So um, he, he is a great communicator. Uh, I'm not surprised, but I, I'm with you, man. Like every time I see him speak, there's just something about it where it's like, I've never seen this before, like, but I think part of it is because we just haven't seen this before. Right? Like, yeah, you haven't seen, you haven't had this access, but I'm seriously trying to figure out right now, Josh, 
watching all of these things and hearing what he says in press conference, but then watching these these YouTube videos. And like, seriously, if you're interested, go back and watch him. It's worth it. It's worth the time to go back and watch him just because of the access that you get from the whole thing. But I'm just trying to decide, is this just me putting forth a self-fulfilling prophecy, essentially saying, hey, you know, this is, I want him to be good. I think he's good. He seems good. Or if I'm seeing this and it's truly like, oh, shit, he's playing 5D chess yeah. uh, when it comes to motivation and when it comes to communication. And I'm not sure which it is, but I think the latter is possible. At this well, point. I mean, yeah, you're certainly hoping, right, that this is obviously the beginning of something super special. I mean, I, I think one of my takeaways from it all, Jack, is this very obvious why he maybe failed in the NFL and why he is a successful college coach. Like this stuff is... It, it fits perfectly in college. Um, I'm with I formation based on track record. This seems real uh, jabs. The next few games will be telling uh, all, all. I think all that's true. It's just like every coach for the last 20, whatever years you've wanted to be the guy, right? Like you wanted it to be Frank and then yes. you wanted it to be Callahan and then you wanted yes. to be Bo and you wanted to be. And then obviously we all wanted it to be frost. And for a variety of reasons, it was, it was none of them, some more than others, but in the end it was none of them because you know, only Frank won a conference title and that was, 24 years ago. Um, th- if this doesn't work, there will be a, a bevy of reasons that we will eventually learn about. And, and that will unfold on the field. Uh, if it does work, it's going to be fairly obvious why yeah. it does. Yes. You know, he is a, he is a great communicator again. I don't want to keep saying that, but the dude isn't, is just super duper, duper organized. You know, like even the question about weather that he got the other day and his, his, like his smile as he's getting this question, like it's about to be big 10 weather. And like the guy's just a total sicko. He's like super jacked for shitty weather on Saturday. I think of the Jack Uh, Nicholson gif. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Uh, but like even that it hearing him and maybe Jack is just because the questions were never good enough or the questions never led the previous coaches into talking about kind of game theory like this. But he, it's so obvious how he thinks of these very specific scenarios, you know? And, like, that's not to say, like, well, Frost didn't practice in the wind because it was going to be windy. Like, he obviously practiced outside, but rule brings up the spring. Like, yeah, it was shitty weather in the spring. And you know what we did? We practiced outside. Why? Because it's going to have bad weather in the fall. And it just, it it makes sense because I think he lets lets all of us in enough that we understand why he does what he does without like giving away the game, right? Without giving away all the secrets. It's it, instead of mom and dad do this because I, because that's what I told you to do because I told you so. He lets you know why he did it, but without giving you know hundred percent of the reasons. It's it's seventy five to ninety percent of the reasons sometimes. But but and by the way, Bruce said he just stepped off line to watch the halftime speech. He's like, yeah, it was pretty damn good. It was, I mean, it was so good. But Josh, we, I mean. At the beginning, we were talking about communication, right? And we were talking, and he mm-hmm. was very good at that. There's a new, the new thing I'm appreciating about him is the way that he is relentless about motivating, relentless yeah. about motivating and about psychology. Um, like it is going to be like this is going to be proof of concept at the end of the year. If yeah. this if, if if this were if things go well at the end of the year, Josh, you know, for whatever reason, he is going to look like a damn genius if things go mm-hmm. well at the end of this year. That, I mean, that's all I'll say. If things go really well at the end of this year, he's going to look like a damn genius, right or wrong. 
you know, and there, there maybe too much credit is given to that. Maybe not. I don't know. But he has shepherded, I mean, given all the injuries, given everything. And I, you know, even with the schedule being what it is. And I heard you and John talking about it, too. Like, I think John kind of thinks, thinks that, too, right? If you No, know, he says if, he, if, if they go to a bowl, he should be Big Ten Coach of the Year. I mean, you know? that's kind of what I, I mean. I don't know if I agree with that totally, but I just I think he, the proof of concept that is going to come out if things go well. And I don't know what the definition of things go well is, but is I think it's be, probably six and six. It is. It is going to be huge. It's going to be huge yeah. for him. And I well, think you know what? I think it's Jack, justified. Thing, I think it's justified. Like, yeah, the thing that I I keep thinking about is you like early in the year before the season, like there was this kind of healthy debate about like how good of a roster was he left? You know, how good of a team is this? Um, and and like we've seen that with every coaching change, right? And so like. Various coaches have either gotten credit or blame based off of who they who who they were left. Uh, like like you look at the first Bo Pelini season, and like a large part of the success was he had a really good roster to deal with, really good roster. Um, the first Mike Riley season was very divisive because you had some people saying Bo left a toxic environment. I was one of these people for the record. Bo left a toxic environment. It was going to be really difficult. You know, you got to give the guy some leeway. Others were saying Riley's a shitty coach. This is this is the obvious proof. You know, they should they should have a better record. Um, Scott Frost, it was it was kind of different though. Most people were on the you know it, it's not his fault camp. Even even if there were signs of of some issues. This though, Jack, if they're able to make a bowl with this, there's no doubt. And and like we're not really hearing from too many of the I doubted this higher in the first place. Can't like we're not hearing from those people like we were after week two. Remember that when suddenly all these people came out of the woodwork. I never really liked the Mike the the, the Matt Rule hire. But if they make a bowl game, collectively everyone would have to applaud the ability of this group because there would be no doubt. We all know that the the, the roster is full of flaws right now, just full of them. Mainly on offense, of course. The defense is pretty pretty darn good. But like I think that that is a is a very interesting wrinkle in that there could be all of the usual excuses if they don't make a bowl game, for example. The the excuses will be there. We will all, well, I mean, look at the injuries. It makes sense that they didn't make a bowl game. If they do make a bowl game, oh my gosh, it's going to be when when's the last time they had a coaching job this good? It's going to be one of the better coaching jobs we have seen, I mean, certainly in the last decade. I agree. And and we we'd have to go back a little further for that. And and then if it, I mean, and who knows beyond that? What if it goes beyond that? I don't know. I don't know. And 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 again, I'll be completely transparent in how I really feel. They could lose Saturday. They could lose right. They could they could lose. I I truly. I'm very worried about Saturday's I, game. Like I literally, I literally completely believe they could lose or win every game the rest of the year. Every game. Uh, yes, hundred percent in mean, a vacuum. Is there ever a schedule you've looked at that on October 25th and said? The next, you know, month plus in this many games, I legitimately feel they could lose or win every game, and I, I'm, I say that with no reservation whatsoever about about the rest yeah. of the year. Like the, yeah, the, I, 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 like, I don't there. even know which I don't even know which one of those cons- what outcome in which game even concerns me the most about even saying that. Um, like what, a win or like, a loss? Yeah, like like which game, what do I think is the least likely outcome of all of, I don't even know, like a win to one team or a loss to one team, what it is. I don't even know what I would say, right? Yeah. You know what I, you know what I, you know what I mean? Like is a, is a loss to Michigan State 
the least likely outcome is a loss to Iowa or a win against. Yeah, Iowa, if you were to rank, so there outcome. there are I can't even do there it. are ten. They're yeah, there are ten. <laughs> yeah, so Jack, there are ten potential results remaining. Right, a yes, win, yeah, yeah, win yeah. this week, a loss this week, a win. Yes. Okay, if you were to rank the, because it's always it's fun so when hard. you do the ranks the game, rank rank most likely to least likely that they win or lose. I am asking, what are the most likely? Within each of the games, Pick what is one. the most likely result in the last five, and what is the least likely result? But I'm giving you ten to ten total options because it's pro- it's not just win loss win loss win loss. It's probably you know maybe it's a win loss 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 win win loss win. You know it's something like that. I have no, I don't even know where to start. I honestly think, I honestly think beating Michigan State is one of the top ones. Seriously, I think that that is probably the most the most. Well, I don't know if I would go with a win first. I probably I would know. go with a loss, and and not to not to get you triggered. I think that I would say Wisconsin losing Wisconsin. I think is the most likely thing that I am confident Man. in happening. Right, because I, of where it is, because of where the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. But again, without and then Mor- I'd probably go Michigan State win. Without Mordecai, I don't even know what they are. Right. I mean, I have no idea if in if they'll have Mordecai in that game either. Um, so. I'm not super conf- confident in that, but yeah, that's a great, super interesting question. What are the top like three results, top five results you're most confident in? I guess probably beating Purdue is probably up there, right? Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm concerned. Like, and Jordan says, what concerns you? What concerns you about Saturday? I just I still think the collective the collective injuries. Like, I I just I'm very worried about the offense. I think that the offense is regressing every single week. Um, I think that that it has gotten worse. I think it's gotten worse since, I guess the Illinois game was a little bit better than Michigan, but man, like this last week, I thought was the worst so far. I thought that this game was the worst the offense has played in the Heinrich Harburg era, and I, I don't really think it was close. Like, at least they moved the ball against Illinois. They just had some really bad turnovers. This seemed more just pure incompetence. On, on this for the sake yeah. of the off. So I'm worried that Fair that's going to happen and, and that he'll have another couple of inch or another couple turnovers. And with Hudson card on the other sideline, like I just don't think that they can survive that again, like a third straight week of those types of turnovers. I I'm worried that they'll be able to, to survive that again. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't feel strongly one way or the other, to be honest. Like I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm worried, but I'm not overly confident either about, about, yeah. About any game. It's just, I mean, it's exactly, I feel, I feel like what we're talking about, Josh, right now is ranking like 42% to 58% for every game, right? <laughs> I mean, nothing's like 80-20. It's like, or 45% Definitely not. to, you're picking out of, out of whatever, 20 outcomes, 45% to 55% in every, and honestly, every single freaking one, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And again, if the Michigan State game were in Lincoln, that would be, I think, the top one I would feel confident about. Yes. But. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If, if that game was in Lincoln, that would be, I think it'd be easily number one because they, they are, in my opinion, they're the worst opponent on the schedule. Um, I would still have that as the most likely of all of the wins. If I were just ranking the games and most likely to least likely wins, I think I would begin with Michigan State. Um, oddly, I think I might go with Iowa number two. I, again, maybe, maybe I'm just overreacting. I just, I just really worry about this game. And Josh, to get back to the original point, I mean, my gosh, it feels like good coaching wins these games. Okay. Yes. Like when we're, you're talking about a 50, 55, 45 game and you're talking about a 53, 47 game, it feels like good coaching wins, wins these games. 
Like, man, Rule's got a chance to make a ridiculous impact right now or just be kind of, you know, part of the crowd, part of the average uh, group of coaches that Nebraska's seen for a while here. And Well, yeah, and, and I think that, too, you know, because of how bad they've been, like I was listening to Split Zone Duo and I was making dinner earlier, and they, the, the, the Nebraska-Purdue game ended up coming up in the tasting menu. And and only one like one person, it was Alex Kirshner who put that game on the list, and, and he wanted to talk about it. And he asked a question. He's like, when's the last time that you watched them? And uh, uh, <laughs> Richard Johnson mentioned the Michigan game. But otherwise, like the, it's, it's a few guys, three them. guys. Yeah. They haven't really watched them. And, and I think that collectively, nationwide, you talk about the national folks, like, I think I'm guessing they're all in the same boat, right? Unless you cover the Big Ten, or unless you you cover a team that's played them or will play them, you're not really watching a whole lot of Nebraska. And so I, I say all that that preamble to to say if they do make it to a bowl game, when all of these you know podcasters and writers and the offseason are kind of doing the year in review as they look at okay, so what happened? What what's the story with with this school that I didn't really you know cover a whole lot during the season? The story of that would be. I really, I think, I think it's notable and I don't, I don't just, I'm not just saying that cause we're on the ground floor and we're, we're here covering it or rooting for it. But like to, to see all of the, I mean, it was already a roster that had flaws and then to see them lose eight of their starters at this moment in time on offense to have three starters remaining two linemen and a tight end compared to what they had at the start of the year. Um, and if that group is able to get into a bowl game, like I get it, shitty division, horri- horrific division, an all-time stink bomb of a, of a division. But still, they started, check, they started 0-2, and, and now they've won four of five. And there's a world where we're talking about them winning, you know, five of six or six of seven. Like, what the hell? If I mean, that, yeah. that would be a wild turnaround. Yeah, I'm, we are on the same page. If they get six wins out of this, it'll be a pretty impressive inco- accomplishment, right? I think we're yep. all there. I don't know if it means he's coach of the year, like John was saying. It'll be impressive. And you don't think he'd be big, like an obvious there. Big Ten coach of the year? Uh, no, because I think um, I think Maryland would have a shot at it. I think I don't know. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know exactly. I'm not sure how those things get. Because like Harbaugh obviously isn't going to win it for many many reasons. You know, yeah, the Ohio State coach true. oddly like never wins it because I mean they're loaded and and they just never win that award. James Franklin is not going to right. win it. They would have had it's to just, overcome. It's so like of- so you chip away the top three. You know, Ferentz isn't going to win it. Like no way, they're not going to give it to that guy. They're, they've you know Wisconsin hasn't been good enough. I guess unless they won the division. Yeah. So it just I think it, it coach yeah, of the maybe. year and player like a. A lot of these awards are based off of, you know, your priors and how you view the team in the preseason. He'll be in the I, th- I think John's right. I think he'd win it. He'd be in the running. It depends who wins the West. I mean, if Minnesota went and won the what won the West. Yeah. That might change it. I'm not sure. But yeah. Nonetheless. That's true. Hey, let, let, yeah. Since we, since you since we mentioned Michigan and people are tweeting or uh commenting about it, I am so curious about what you think about Michigan and like how serious is are they going to get with whoever? Okay, number one, who does it? Who, when do they who do does it? it? Yeah, and how serious question. is it? Those three questions. I'm so curious. Wait, what was it? So what was it? Ask them again. Who, what are who, the three questions? Who does it? When do they do okay. it? And how serious yep. are the ramifications? Okay. Who does it, in my opinion, um, as it pertains to this season, is the Big Ten. It's not the NCAA. The NCAA moves way too slow. So I think you can start with the Big Ten. So that's the answer of who does it. When do they do it, I think, is the most interesting one. Because a lot of people are throwing out the, do you ban them from the Big Ten championship game? Like, that that would be something that you could could in theory do. Um, Now, what's interesting about that, Jack, is that would not 
it would not keep them out of the playoff if they are a 12 and 0 football team. You know, there is no reason that the that the selection committee would have to keep them out of wow. the college football playoff. Wow. Um, yeah. Now, so in, in your final question was who, what, or what, what, what's going to happen? How serious is it? I, I keep coming back to if the, if they're going to make a move. Um, I actually don't think it's going to be the university that gets punished. I think it's going to be Jim Harbaugh that gets punished. I haven't had a chance to read the the Richard Johnson story. Have you had a chance to read that yeah, one on SI.com? It. It's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so I listened to, they, it was funny. SED put out two pods today, their usual preview of the weekend, but they also put out a Michigan one and because Richard Johnson wrote the story. And one of the things that he brought up and I, I haven't had a chance to read it. I'm going to read it tomorrow before the show is he was like, if you wanted to make an argument that this guy was doing a lot of this without the blessing of Harbaugh, because he just seems like such a, a, a believer, if you, a truth, a Michigan truther, I mean, if you, you say, will you can say weirdo, but yeah, yeah, you can make the, like, he just, he seems like a complete and utter weirdo. This, this guy, like just an odd, odd duck. What were, so you, that was your takeaway in what ways? Why, why does he come off as a weirdo? Because he is planning to basically, he's, trying to commit, I don't know, I don't know if coup is the right word, but Josh, he is preparing, he is preparing as a 20-whatever-year-old to set up a plan where he rests power over a football program, right? And, like, I don't even know how exactly. It's like this sort of this pie-in-the-sky coup, like, thinking he's got this higher level thinking than anybody else has going on. It's bizarre, dude. It's super bizarre. It is. It is weird. Like that's not really how things work, but he thought he could band enough people together. And I keep using the word coup because that's, I don't think, I don't think he was going to go to and like forcefully take it, but he basically thought we're going to have such good ideas and so many people involved in this. We're going to take this program over and run it. Essentially, yeah. The the thing that's getting a lot of run from it is this paragraph where it says. So, first of all, I'm happy you said he's in his 20s because I didn't know how old he was. He's only 28 years old, which is crazy. But I'm gonna read this story. Stallion's now 28. Revealed that he was part of a small group of people, two of whom he said were at low level positions on different college football coaching staffs, who were putting their heads together on a long term plan to run the Michigan football program. Stallions claimed to have a Google document between. 550 and 600 pages long that he managed daily containing a blueprint for the Wolverines future. He referred to the document as a movement more than a plan, dubbing it the Michigan manifesto. Like what the hell? What are we talking about here? Like that's some, like you said, weird. That's some kooky stuff. Like that's what we see with some like true weirdos in our country's history. And then just to think he can, he'd be able to sort of wrest that control by having the best ideas or whatever it is. It's, it's bizarre, man. It's weird. Yeah, it is weird. Yeah. And and then the question comes, as you referred to how much did what he this weird stuff he's doing is over here yep. at what point and how much did it intersect with what the official, the coaching staff, the athletic department was doing over here with all of these things. Yep. That's the question. You think about it, Josh. I mean, all the tickets they're talking about, this is like like $20,000 minimum, right? With all the games. Well, that's what, yeah. Okay. Oh, so, so, yeah. So there was another story. um, See if I can find the numbers. It was, uh, I think it was the Post. Was it the Washington Post today on their follow up? 
where yeah here it is in total michigan sign stealing operation expected to spend more than fifteen thousand dollars this season sending scouts to more than 40 games played by 10 opponents and then it said according to the university's public salary disclosure records stallions listed as as an administrative specialist in the athletic departments made fifty five thousand dollars in 2022 so in the end like not a ton of money for him and not a ton of money to travel around i mean those types of dollar figures, Jack, 15 grand to go to, to games. That's a drop in the bucket for a university that's getting, you know, however much, however many millions of dollars a year from television revenue or ticket revenue or, or something like that. Yeah. yeah Jabs, it, the Michigan manifesto sounds like something a modern Lee Harvey Oswald dude. would write. Well, and the, and, and the other thing people are like, well, do, you know, would the staff know? I mean, he was standing next to the offensive he was, and defensive he was coordinator close. talking to them. There's video yeah. of this. All over the place. So they had, you, he doesn't get on the field, right? Without knowing, mm-hmm. without with them having some knowledge. So yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know, man. But I just, I just, I just don't know what the range of punishment that is, that, that like is even possible, what it is at this point, right? Is it, how bad you do you think, about? how bad do you think this is? Like what you think of someone doing this? So let's Me? say your team is affected by this. How bad of a, Crime is this? It's sort of. I mean, so since obviously, if you do your due diligence, you could figure out, you know, in your current game and to the extent you could watch TV broadcasts and other things, you could find some things out and use all of that to 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 steal signs. So it's yeah, like. I don't know. It's it's sort of like more weird than it is bad in some ways. I don't know. Like, they let me ask you this too, Jack. Did you know ahead. that this was a rule? Did you know this was no, a rule before last no week? No, no, no. Me neither. I me neither. I had no idea. I never. I never would have guessed. In all seriousness, I never would have guessed that you are not allowed to send scouts to but games. It would. I be- never would have guessed that. If if you queued it up right, like you got that video, you queued it up with the plays, like you could, it'd take time, it would take work, but man, it would be a huge advantage, right? Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's of a, course, it's a huge, significant advantage. So to that degree, it is a big deal, I guess. Yeah, I mean, but in the end, and 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 Bruce says you guys know why it's actually a rule, right? And and the rule was put into place actually thirty years ago, three decades ago, and it was put in in place to save money for it essentially it was for the poorer schools who wouldn't have it in their budget to do this. So kind of like, and I I made this comparison, Jack, yesterday with John, you know, like the George Brett Pine Tar game, you know, that unfolded and and that rule, people were like, oh, because it gives a hitter an advantage. No, the, that rule was originally put in place in like the eighteen hundreds or 1900s because owners were sick of, you know, having so many baseballs that, that were getting, you know, mucked up with the pine tar. It, there was no advantage. It was them being cheap. They wanted to, they wanted to save money with things. This is, this is that way in a different regard. Um, I'm with you. Like the, you kind of did a little hemming and hawing at the beginning when I asked the question, kind of there too. Like it's obviously bad, but <clears throat> like, I mean, we do keep hearing everybody does it. Now, do they do it to this extent? I think the answer to that is probably no. No, I don't. But, I don't so. you know, everyone's everyone's trying to get the answers to the test. You know, that said, like the the, the consensus does seem to be. And Bigelow it's, says I'm more surprised by the extent. I am, too. Yeah. The, the consensus does seem to be like it's football, though. You still have to stop them. And you might be able to know the play, but it's still 
freaking hard to be able to to stop right. every but single it's just it's just a way more effective way of doing what everyone else is trying to do basically yeah and yeah. like i yeah there's and, and and again it's more weird than bad is still what i'll continue to say about this thing it's just so it's so bizarre with everything but i don't know like i have no idea there are some people that i've like heard from that i've talked to that are like man the hammer is going to come down on them. I don't even know what that means, Josh. Like, how bad could the hammer come down on them? I have no idea. And and again, well, if it's the Big Ten, the hammer would the 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 hardest hammer hit would be the Big Ten championship game. But but the NCAA you, cannot move super fast, right? But we all think. I mean, this is the most obvious thing ever. Is there any chance Harbaugh's back after this year? No, he's done. He's leaving. Dude, he's on the. I guess Jack, if he's on the verge, could of he get every suspended year anyway? Yeah, this is going to be the thing that puts it over the top. I guess that's the other thing. If he got suspended, but I don't know, couldn't can the Big Ten suspend him? I guess they can. They suspend players, right? So they can suspend a coach. I guess so. Yeah, that's part of the problem. Is nobody knows who has all of the different kind of authority in the in college football between the conference and the uh, in the NCAA and all of those things. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's just going to be, I mean, it's still crazy because, like, Michigan still has to play Ohio State, right? Michigan still has to play Penn, Penn State, State this year, right? All those things have to still have to happen this year. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they did get really good really quick, quickly to they some did. degree. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Like, it would be, I mean, yes, it would be a significant advantage. Did you see the... Pictures, uh, I don't know what game it was from, but the pictures that they had where they had, like, you could zoom in and, you know. You, you that was the Ohio State game last year. Yeah, where they had, like, the hand signal. Like, they had a yes. laminated card with all the hand yes. signals and what it meant. Right? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, it had to help. It had to help. So, I don't know. Oh, of course. Yeah. And then who paid for it? Who Again, Dude, like you said, the the dude's making fifty fifty five thousand dollars, whatever it is. Uh, definitely spent twenty thousand dollars. And the crazy thing is, like he's paying people back on Venmo, and he's like, like so they were like, super brazen, they, man. Yeah, man. He's bragging were, about all this stuff. I do this stuff his, for Michigan. I cheat LinkedIn, for Michigan. His LinkedIn profile was like I was like on the verge of saying what he does. It was so yeah, so man. God, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. I do think this is going to lead to, by the way, one more thing. It's going to lead to helmet, uh, like play calling. I think they're going to totally move in that direction. I mean, rule went, rule went on the, you know, on the advocacy trail for it during his last press conference. I've heard other people do it. I don't know. Why do they not? Why is that not a thing? Well, one of the arguments that I heard on, on SCD was, uh, they don't do this because they like the sign stealing. (laughs) College sports, the the pe- the teams they like, they like having this advantage. So, which is so funny. So, and rule yeah, was like it's definitely going to happen. Though. Rule was like they do it in high school at big places, and they do it in pros. But college is the only place they don't do it. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I I would just. I mean, I don't want to see those big. I mean, some of the stuff is just so ridiculous with the big the big banners, and then people holding the towels up, and all of these things. It's just. It's ridiculous. Just give them, yeah. Give them, give them the earpiece. Do that, do that whole thing. So, anyway, 
Um, well, let's let's go real quick back to Nebraska, Josh. Um, man, yeah. the offensive line. <laughs> now what? Now what with you? Like, what? What is your level of concern? Given where the offensive line was, right? What they were doing, who yeah. was there, and where they're going to be next week? Because nothing like like taking three guys away, right, from the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Like, how big of a how big of a deal do you think the offensive line injuries are? Uh, honestly, I don't really, I don't, I don't really know. You know, I kind of, I, you remember how early in the year when we would do the whole Harburg Sims thing? Like, they're both the same guy. Like, I, I, I kind of feel that way. You know, they all kind of stink on offense or on the offensive line, right? Like, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to yeah. have something that can come back to bite me, but, and so maybe this will, but like, how much worse can it get? You know, I mean, man, it, it, there's been, again, I always, every time we talk about Fedoni, I bring up Corcoran and how people have ripped him way worse than Fedoni ever got ripped. And it's like, man, I don't know. Could it be? Yeah. Is there any chance you're going to, you're going to look at it and be like, man, this is way worse. I mean, Newley was good uh, and he's not out for the year, but you've got that too. Piper, I think was pretty solid as well. So, but they're playing guys for the most part. Uh, that Evan J- Evans Jenkins guy, I noticed him actually before the injuries. They would do these tight formations with two tight ends. They would bring him in and Prohaska in as a tight end. Um, I don't know much about him in, in terms of what he's going to provide, but, you know, the, the Corcoran situation, if Prohaska, Prohaska struggled against Michigan. I don't know if he was totally healthy. That's still a question See, that's there, the thing. too. Like, See, th- dude, that stuff is super weird because <clears throat> there. It sounds like he might be healthy, and they don't. And like, like which he is has weird because like the, at one point he was when he was young, his, his freshman year, they were like he was like, wow, he should be. He looked like he should be a starter, basically. Yeah, what he start two? He started in Northwestern and then the Michigan game, and that's when he got hurt. Yeah, yeah, and so I don't. I I, I mean, I legit. I'll say it, I don't know what his deal. I don't know what the deal is with him, right? It felt like Jordan says he can't get out of his own head. Doesn't want to get hurt a third time. Um, He's gotten hurt multiple times. Fair enough. That might be it. That very much might. I think I've heard something like that too. Uh, The same, the same exact thing, but it's crazy because at one point he was projecting as a, a star offensive lineman. And now uh, he's got to come in, but he wouldn't have played otherwise. So, well, remember too, I mean, one of his issues, and this was more of a last year problem, but his injury was in October, and then he was playing again in August. You know, and he obviously wasn't ready. He obviously wasn't ready, and that ended up hurting him, and and probably stunted his development a little bit. And yeah, you wonder where he's at in terms of being in his head right now. And you know, somebody said it a few minutes ago. It was Jabs. He says also it's not like the next two teams have imposing defensive lines. You know, that's nice that you're right. You're going against Purdue and 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 then Michigan State. You're right. not. You're not playing Michigan on Saturday, and hopefully, you get um, whether Newley, or not they cheat, and hopefully, you get Newley back right by the time. Yeah. By the time you check the thing for me, was, thank God Ben Scott got you know was fine because that was the one when that happened. It was like, oh God, you know yeah. this is going to change. That would have been freaking insane. Yeah, I mean, that would have been the worst insane. one in my opinion. Insane. And yeah. it's crazy. They're all on the offensive side except for Singleton, basically. And yeah, Reimer, what do you make of Reimer got Mursa, you, who's got nothing. That's not an injury, right? So Yeah. Do you do you buy into the like we need to have a discussion about practice or we need to have a discussion about really? you know strength training? Because the defense is so healthy, right? Right. I don't really I don't know enough about it to have a real good 
confident opinion on this whole thing, but my gut reaction, Josh, is just like, I think it's just bad luck. Like that's that's yeah. my gut. That's reaction. how I feel. That's how um, I feel. But there's some people talk about this playing surface, but again, Rule was talking about it. He was like, these are almost all contact injuries with with knee injuries. It's not. Yes. It's freak stuff. Yeah, it's on on all of them. And there could have been more. It's not like stepping the wrong way on turf. Yeah, yeah. And I don't even, like, I legit don't have enough knowledge to talk about what you could do as a strength and conditioning coach to prevent knee injuries. Like, I really, if somebody rolls into your knee, like, does it matter how strong your quad quad is, right, and your hamstring? Correct. I, I doubt it. Correct. But I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm right there with you, man. Yeah, I'm that, right there with like, you. Like that's my thought on on those situations. But it is ridiculous. Like that, whatever that thing you threw out earlier was in terms of how many starters are left from the beginning of the year. Where it's what? Oh, eight. Yeah, it's eight. Ben it's eight Scott, or hurt now. Fedoni slash Borkature and was I don't even know if Bullock was a starter. Oh, it's uh, Ben Hart. Did and you ben, say Ben Hart? Ben Hart. Oh yeah, Ben, ben Hart. Hart. I forgot yeah. Ben Hart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who I think. Yeah, been, I, I. Who I think's been you know, okay this year. Yeah, I formation says I think they can be overworked in practice relative to their strength and conditioning level. And I mean, maybe that's the case. And I, then I guess yeah, I would man, say, but why somebody, isn't it happening with the defense? <laughs> if somebody rolls into your knee, how does that change yeah. it? Right. Yeah, like, I saw yeah. a couple of the injuries. How they happened? It was not like. Yeah. It was not like. Well, if he had. If he had lifted weights differently, right, that dude isn't going to roll into his knee like that. I just, Jack, you know, sometimes I do think, I, I think, and, and like not to make this too like philosophical, but I really think as people, we want to know the reason for something. Like everything we want there to be a reason, right? From the biggest, the biggest of things to the smallest of things. And so like when guys get hurt, everyone wants an answer. Why, 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 why? And I think sometimes the answer can just be shit happens, you know? That, yeah. that can be an answer. I know it's not fun. It sucks because a much more interesting answer is, well, they're doing something wrong or they need to fix X or Y. Um, this is one year. Rule has said it's never happened before. I believe him. Um, he's also been successful in college. So, like, I'm, I, I'm very much buying in to the Matt Rule experience. And so I'm going to give him right. I'm going to give him grace until until something goes his way. But I, I, if this happens again next year and then in 2025, all right, let's, let's really start having a dialogue. But until then it's all on one side of the ball. And that's very, very odd, but you know, that's just kind of happening right now. Josh, describe to me what this offense being successful as they can be, looks like for the rest of the year. Um, I'd say the first half versus Illinois and what they were able to do in that one. And I was at the beginning of the second half. When did they pick up their, they just, they were getting third down conversions, you know, but they were, they were, they were running well. I would like to see more of Emmett Johnson. I think that he is pretty solid. Um, the, until he gets hurt, you know, until he gets hurt, um, need, need, need fewer dropped passes. Um, oh, but man. also, yeah, <clears throat> but also Jack, bad. you know what? I mean, like we can, we can have a conversation about a lot of guys on offense, letting, letting each other down. Harburg's got to put the ball in better spots too, you know, like there were drops and and you can, you can chalk up the drops to either side, you know, the player for dropping it or the quarterback for throwing it behind him. But he's also got to put the ball in better spots because there was lots of room to run, um, you know, for, for some of those plays. Like, I, I think it, it just really does come down to ball control and not, and not turning it over yep. because I, I think the defense is good enough. You know, I think the defense is good enough. 
I, I right. If he misses open receivers, if they're if the running game game doesn't get going, as long as they're punting it and not turning it over, or not getting to the point that they're way backed up, and you know, getting a bunch of penalties, like that's it, right? If you yeah, you just I mean, honestly, turnover avoidance. And if you watch that halftime speech that Rule gave during the Northwestern game, he was talking about that, but. It is, it is all about, and it was unbelievable to go into that game in the first damn play, Josh. The first play where we've all seen the video from the film room channel, right? <laughs> he had he had two touchdowns possible on that Dude, play. I know, and it's he so didn't depressing. Get either of them, you didn't get either yeah. of them. Um, yeah, and it's and and then the other and then the drop passes that have turned into interceptions as well. And the tip passes at the line, all of those things. Like you're not changing systemically a lot of that stuff right now, but you're you're gonna have to get some you're gonna have to get some balls bouncing the right way a little bit yep. for some of these yep, things. For sure. They just have to they have to be protective of the football. They ha- they have to be. You know, they cannot again, they cannot they cannot play how they did against Illinois and Northwestern and win, you know, many more games. I, I just think you can make an argument, Jack, that Nebraska has just played outside of Michigan State the two worst teams on the entire you know conference schedule. They just got to play, and they won them, but they won them yeah. not all that comfortably. And it's because they played down to them and they they turned the ball over too many times. So if they do that this week, I think they lose. If they do that versus Iowa, they obviously lose. Wisconsin, they obviously lose, and heck, even Michigan State, they lose. Um, so they that's that's and- something that they just. They have to be better at. And Mark says they shouldn't be throwing on both first and second down. I can't believe that they're passing it as much as they are at the beginning of the game against Northwestern, right? Like yeah. I'm not, I'm yeah. not on the. It was odd. I'm not on the like completely ripped Satterfield bandwagon because, you know, for a lot of reasons. But it's hard to right now, right? It is, but I still couldn't believe they were passing as much as they did to start that game when your prime objective is not turning the damn ball over. That's it. Yeah. Like that is yeah. your job at this point on the offense is not Jack, turning. And it's Johnson, getting if you have to get to the punt. That's what it is. It's yeah. Iowa. I hate it. Yeah, but it's Iowa. Jack Emmett Johnson had twelve carries for seventy three yards. He averaged six point one yards a carry, and he only had a long of twenty four. Like that's solid. Why are the halfbacks? Would, it is so hard. I don't even care. I don't care if it's Johnson or Grant or whomever. Why is it so hard to get the halfbacks a ton of carries? Yeah, I don't know. Because they're throwing, I mean, first of all, because they're throwing a lot and they're having short possessions. That's the answer. Because 12, dude, six yards of carry, freaking run it like crazy with those numbers. You know, like just keep leaning on that. Um, so they they have to they have to do that. I did want to get to this comment from a couple minutes ago from Bruce. Jack, okay. talk about how cool the Malachi thing was. Um, it was, I mean, I was super excited, but I, you know, it was for me personally, it was, it was super exciting. Cause I, I know him, I know his family a little bit, but it was, it was exciting to me. Here's why it was especially exciting to me. Um, because I didn't expect it this year. Like I just, I just, did I not, know you didn't, I did not expect it this year and it probably wouldn't have happened this year had all of the injuries not happened. Had a million injuries not happened. Yeah. And, and. But when he got that chance, like that is huge that when he got that chance and has gotten that chance throughout the year, like I know they were little things, but the block in the Illinois game, right? 
the catch there was a the, the catch in the Illinois game. He was also open against Illinois too. He ran her out from people who sat in the press press box last week, including my own son, uh, told me he was open a number of times on Saturday and didn't end up getting the ball. Like it is really promising for his career, which I just didn't know. I just didn't know, right? And it might be a little sort of self-skepticism about Lincoln, Nebraska, um, you know, and because I saw him sometimes on the high school field and it didn't look, it didn't match what he was doing on the seven-on-seven summer stuff and all of those things, even though I really wanted it It seemed like you were being very protective of him. Not that, I mean, not not protective. And I don't mean that as like a negative. I don't even mean I don't know protective. Yeah, I was I was concerned that yeah, I mean, Josh, to be honest, yeah, I was concerned that it just wasn't going to work out very well. Yeah. I, I I had some level of concern for that for a variety of reasons. Um Have you heard and, anything about how things have gone with him so far? That you would feel comfortable with divulging no, or I, No, I haven't heard from I mean, I talked to his dad quite a bit on on Saturday, but that was mainly just about like celebrating um, yeah. and everything. Um, and there was a cool moment too. If you follow me on Twitter, um, my son was working the secondary press conference room and um, after the game, and just recording the video of the of the players that come down. So they do one press area for people who don't know. They do one up. I don't know where they do it. If they do it upstairs, they do it downstairs in the stadium. And they do do another one in the field house, basically. And that's where my son Johnny was. And so they bring players out there. So they brought James Williams out there. They brought some other guys out there. And they brought Malachi out there as well. So Johnny ended up talking to um, Malachi's mom and dad and Malachi over there. And and uh, they took a picture together. And, and they were just, they were over the top. They were, they were super happy. And again... I, I just thought, here's here's the thing, Josh. I think here's the bottom line. If it didn't go well for the first year or even the first and second year, I thought it might get ugly a little bit, and I'm really glad it hasn't. That's it. Like with the fan base? Yeah, the fan base. And, like, you remember some of the stuff on Twitter last summer, um, all of that. I just I really didn't want it to go there. Um, yeah. And, and so there's no reason for it to now. And, like, now I'm super interested I'm super like everything I've saw saw from him on the field. I've been impressed by, and I didn't know if I'd feel that way during the freshman year. Yeah, I mean it's got to be huge too, boost of confidence. Like the not to just keep making the, the, this about the future of the Matt Rule era, but like it's very easy to find a silver lining of this season, even if they don't go to a bowl game. And I know we all have questions about the offense, and like that's fair, and we're gonna we're gonna have to dive into it a lot in the off season. But dude, all these young guys that are getting reps right now, like yeah. in game. Meaning it's not even just like, you know, in the old days it was, Hey, they, they win by a billion and then everybody gets to play in the fourth quarter. Like, yeah, that was, that was super valuable, obviously. And it allowed them to just feed and feed and feed and keep getting better. This though is, is different because these guys are getting uh, thrust into the lineup, into the starting lineup in, in meaningful moment. Like dude, that touchdown from Malachi, that was the thing. That was the thing that ended the game. You know, it, 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 it ends up being, you know, the difference between a one point win and a, and a, you know, that last drive of the game, if, 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 if Northwestern only needs a field goal, how do they approach the last drive of the game? Maybe a little bit differently. Right. And so you never know. Um, th- that was the, the time that after that happened, I, 
I breathed easier. I imagine you did too. Like, okay, thank God. Yeah. So he had that, like, that is an irreplaceable moment that, you know, you, you can't get in practice. You can only get in, in a game. So that type of stuff for it's, him and all these, all these Emmett Johnson, like all these young guys are getting reps and, and hell, even Harburg, you know, yeah. I don't know what his future is. My guess is he's not the starter next year, but if he's still on the roster, they have a serviceable backup that yeah. we feel decently comfortable Dude. with like that. They haven't had that in a while either. Now that's a fascinating question. What's going to happen? <laughs> that will be a with, fun off season topic. Quarterback next year. Like that is a, oh boy. Fa- I don't even know where to go with that one exactly. But the takes are going to be so strong. Like oh just to gosh. go back to it, even the way that rule was so cautious about not just Malachi, but all of the, the freshman receivers, it made, it sort of made me think, Oh my gosh, they are not ready you know, maybe it's the position, maybe it's the who they are, all of these things. And it hasn't looked like that at all. It has not looked like that, especially with him. So um, I think that's really, that's exciting and reinsure, reassuring about the whole thing. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But don't ask me about quarterback next year because, man, I have no mm. idea. I have no idea. Like, what do you even do? If you bring, if Harburg's, Started all these games. I don't know what Sims is going to do. Sims is leaving. Transfer. He's done. He's done. Okay. I think he's done. I, uh, you know, I, I feel very comfortable in saying that Jeff Sims is not going to be Nebraska's quarterback next year. Very comfortable. So I felt that it's before the last Harburg, week. You know? So it's either Harburg or someone else from the transfer portal. I assume unless Chubba Purdy is going to go nuts. Yeah, it's going to be they they had I mean, look, what if if Harburg wins the job, more power to him. They're going to bring in somebody in the portal. There's no intel. That's it's just such an obvious thing. Mark asks, is him trying to preserve a redshirt this year. From what I have heard, that is not what is happening right now. That is not what is happening right it's now. It's so confusing. I'm so confused. Yeah. I mean, and again, we, we had some we had some intel in the in one of these shows recently um, that, you know, he is now the number two. I have been able to confirm that with somebody. He is the number two quarterback right now. This is so not. Do this is not about you know. And Josh Jabs asked this, and I'm curious too. If Harburg goes in, do you expect Jim Sims would still go in as the number two? Yeah, I would think so, because he's healthy. Okay, I would think so. Yeah, well, so is, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just don't. Yeah, I don't know what's happening exactly with this whole thing. And again, yeah. you watch. Watch this last half hour YouTube, excuse me, uh, GBR Rewind thing. Sims, he looks good. They show some clips from practice. He looks good. Um, Running and passing the ball. He looks healthy. He looks super involved in everything. It's bizarre. It's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's odd. Anyway. You wonder if we're going to get some answers, you know, publicly on what kind of what unfolded. Because I think that there was a a real big shift in how Matt rule discussed Harburg from weeks or let's just mention games, game three, game four, game five versus even game six. And then especially game seven last week ahead of Northwestern was the first time that he said, yeah, Harburg is the guy, you know, and it was very matter of fact, like the other weeks it was kind of playing it out a little bit. And there was certainly some gamesmanship in there. You know, I had been told very early in the week ahead of, the third game of the season that it was going to be Harburg. And obviously that ended up being true. Um, but it seems like something shifted at some point in time from they're hoping that it can be Sims again to now it is Harburg. It is still um, so weird though, because before Michigan and before Illinois, 
I heard from multiple people that it was, they really want to get Sims in there. Like that's the plan. They really want to get Sims in there. So, however, I don't know if that's wrong. I don't know if there's bad Intel. I don't know how that fits with what you have. I don't know any of that right now, but I feel fairly confident that that was true for the Illinois and Michigan games. And then as you said, something changed after that. Yep. Yeah. Bruce says, I do feel like they have not reintroduced Sims in order to not potentially divide the locker room. Could be wrong. Bruce, I do not think that you are wrong based on some of the things that I've heard. I do not think that that is wrong. I think that they, the idea of the hot hand, I think has played a part in this. I think that it has played a part in this. And again, that part of part of that is because Sims is healthy. Now he is healthy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's weird, and there's there's still a part of me that thinks, I mean, I'm not hoping for this whatsoever, but just the way Harburg plays, the way, you know, now with offensive line injuries, that you may have a scenario where you're still going to need the number two guy at some point. And what do they do? Yeah. And what does that look like? And I'm still freaking curious, Josh. Like, I'm curious about what Sims can or can't do still. I feel like I have such a small sample of it. I have no idea who he is still. Yeah. With a game and a half. It, this, it, it could end up being, games. you know, like you and I have, we've been, and everybody in here, right? We've been watching, covering, rooting for the team for, for, you know, some, some of us is what, I don't know. I would love to know what the shortest span is in here. It's probably 15 to 20 years. I mean, we have, we have some folks that go then way beyond that. I've been, I've been watching this team since 1996. So I'm getting close to 30 years. Um, there have been some odd careers. You know, the, the one of the first ones that pops into my head would be like a Jordan Stevenson. Um, for those who remember that guy who was, remember him, Wisconsin, came to Nebraska. John and I actually had him on the uh, show, and he was like, Nebraska, we're going to be a smartphone. Wisconsin's a flip phone or something. I don't remember what it was, but he that guy like came and went so <laughs> Bigelow. Holy shit. Wow. That guy came and went so freaking yeah. fast. Uh, Sims? Sims? Yeah, Brady, he did sign in July. If, if Jack, if he's done, if he starts two games, plays one snap in the fourth game, and that's his career, and he got a freaking burrito named after him, like, talk about the oddest of odd careers. So this weird. would be unprecedented. Unprecedented. Right. right. Remember Jordan? You, you said Jordan. Remember Jordan Adams, right? The quarterback turned to safety. Yes. yes. There's another yes. one. Yeah, there's a, few, yes. there's a few weird ones out there, but this would be up there. So this would be there. very, very I no, strange. I have no very, idea very, very strange. what happens going forward with this whole thing. But it'll be fun. I guess it'll be fun, Josh, if we get to uh, if we get to look at the uh, transfer portal for quarterbacks this winter and try and figure out who we want, who's interesting, who's not, who's going to be there, who's not. I don't know. That could be yep. that could be fun. I have no idea right now at that point. But the offseason will be crazy. The offseason, once again, I mean, we saw it last year, but when you have a coach in place now with the transfer portal, that's going to be fascinating at so many positions on the offense. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, man. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver. All three of them. Yep. Right? Yep. And, like, I feel like those positions, uh, I don't want to say something like that's too stupid, but I, I feel like those are, you can get wins above replacement at a solid level at those spots, some more than others, right? 
the line though is where they're going to really have to beef up. If, if this team is going to take a big step forward next year, the cheat code would be a really great quarterback. Like that's the cheat code. But if you want to have a more consistent looking product that would allow for you to cover up some holes, it would be having a much better offensive line because that would just allow for everything else to move to better. So get like a all conference level quarterback or, or get better at the offensive line. I mean, if you can do both, that's the dream. Of course, um, the thing that I am also curious about and, and it's so funny, even as good as they are, I feel like the defense always gets the short shrift on, on these discussions. Like there's going to be a ton of proof of concept with that side of the ball. And so like what fun stuff are they going to be able to do? Like what, what good players might they land out of the portal? You know, that because they're like, Hey, look at this defense. It's attacking and it's good. Like come here and we're going to help you get into the NFL. Like that could be a, a lot. And by of the way, did, did, uh, did uh, the polar bear and Robinson play themselves in the NFL next year at this point already? Which is I've heard that I've I've heard people wondering about that with Nash, you know, like is is he is he short for Nebraska? Is Dude, is he not long for this program? Man. I don't think he. I think he's going to come back, but that'd be I'd, I'd be glad, but man, I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> I, I, that would I suck. watched the beginning of that Northwestern game, and it didn't necessarily go like this, but the first drive or two, and he was just absolutely. I was like, man, Northwestern center is going to have a miserable day. Like, it is so freaking fun, Josh, having a dominant defensive line and defensive lineman. And to add it on to when you expected that maybe to be your worst position on the entire field, it is, it's part of what is making this season really bizarrely fun uh, out of this whole thing. And we didn't even talk about it. Take a dude off scout team and just bring him in when you're already playing 25 dudes on defense. Yeah, let's just bring in another guy, another pass rusher. And he's in there on a whole bunch of plays. It's ridiculous. It's like the opposite of what's happening. Anytime you bring somebody new on offense, they get injured, right? They They get injured. They don't do well. Anytime you bring somebody new on defense, Makai Bear, right? Uh, The the number 90 on defense. Williams. Bring them in, Williams, and they're freaking great. Yeah, they make a play, man. Automatically. It's so bizarre. I would recommend I John and I had Mitch Sherman on on Monday. He he joins us every Monday and I asked him a question about that. Just like how like, wow, this is really, really wild. Um, and like Mitch was kind of like, I could tell he was excited to talk about the topic because it's just something that has not happened around here in quite some time. Um, it's, it's super unique, man around here. Um, I, I, again, I can't wait to see what happens there. Dude. Uh, I, I also look forward to seeing what Tony White's salary is because they're obviously going to have to pony up for him. And I, right. for the record, I think, the damn truck. I think he's, I, I would not bet my life on it, but I think he'll be also, on the, the staff next year. Also, by the way, he's turned Luke Gifford into, um, you know, I don't know. I'm not, I don't want to overstate it, but, uh, a first or second team, all big 10 player, I would say, dude, probably. The- Jack, the screen, the screen, the screen. Isaac, dang it. I saw it. I did his older yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luke, the, the yeah, screen, Isaac. the screen that Gifford had, the, the, the screen he broke up is still, let me ask you this before we go, because I, I wrote this down and I didn't get a chance to ask it of Schaefer. I'm going to give you three plays and I want you to tell me which was your favorite. Was it Omar Brown chasing down the running back and causing them to settle for the field goal? Was it the Gifford screen or was it the Hartsog tackle? That, that he so, also chased down in the fourth quarter. My favorite, honestly, I mean, the Gifford play was, they were all, they were all really good. Um, the, I don't know that the the Gifford play was probably the most physically impressive of any yes. of them, just from how it looked at the beginning, because he had two dudes that both should have gotten him. He got around both of them to slow the guy down enough for them to get him from behind. My favorite, though, is the Omar Brown one, because like you take a snapshot of that play 
when that dude's at the 40-yard line or where wherever he was. I don't know if that's quite exactly right. And it looks like where Omar Brown was compared to where he was at that point, you're like, this is an easy touchdown, like an easy touchdown, assuming he's just an average skill player. In co- Both of them are average skill players in college football. I don't know if that running back uh, is – way slower than average or Omar Brown uh-huh. way faster than average. I had no expectation of him catching him like he did. That that yeah. one specifically shocked me and it saved, I mean it literally saved a touchdown. It 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 completely completely changed the game, which, you know, Giffords might have as well, Hartsogs might have as well, but I thought that was the most clear situation like that play I still can't believe he caught him like he did. I was watching it with my my wife and my daughter were in there, and I was like, is that running back just bizarrely slow, or what happened? <laughs> yeah. I mean, those are game-changing plays. I, th- I mean, obviously, the two long ones, it's like they, those could have been touchdowns, um, you know, and it's an entirely different game. That Gifford screen, I mean, I, I still – It was great. I, I'm with everyone it was who's – It's just – it's ridiculous because it so how many times do you watch a game on a Saturday or Sunday and you see a screen, it's like, fuck, God, that guy that, is going to – Man, you, know, you re- He's going to gain 30 if yards. If you rewatch games, like Gifford – God, he's every – he is like – he is way underrated. I'll say this. He is like way underrated at this point. He should be in the conversation for for uh, all conference, without a doubt. I don't know if he will be, but man, he does everything, and he's kind of that tweener between a safety and a linebacker. The way he tackles, the way he covers, the way he moves, the way he, he's just—I'm incredibly impressed with with that guy. And um, you know, right here from Lincoln Southeast too. Very cool. Yeah, I feel like speaking of all conference, I feel like at the end of the year they're going to have a bunch of dudes on defense. It's just going to like be all like third string guys, Dude, you know. That's a great, it, which point. is going to yeah. tell such a story. It's like they're going to have this awesome defense, but no one is going to be a first teamer. It's yeah. just going to be a bunch of third team honorable mentions and maybe a second teamer. It's super interesting because remember how you know we had this conversation at the very beginning of the year. The PFF list came out and there were no Huskers on it. Remember in the first three yep. teams, and and then I was talking about the defensive backfield like yeah I don't know how Hutmaker and I mean Gifford and Newsom and list whoever else you want on that thing I don't know how they'll stack up or be stacked up with the rest of the Big Ten I think you're obviously not going to get shot out of the top three teams but I don't know I don't know how they're going to compare as as this keeps going and the other thing Josh is here's the other interesting thing but and I know we're, we probably need to stop here pretty soon but you know, Iowa obviously is is their defense is unbelievably good. The statistics show it. They get a lot of attention because of everything that's going on with their offense too at this point. And so there's a ton of focus. I have not felt that focus um and I'm not saying it should be in the same place, but I've not felt that focus on Nebraska, which is part of the reason that I don't get too concerned about losing the defensive coordinator. Um just and and maybe that's kind of a dumb thing to think here at this point, but like I don't know that Nebraska Josh yet has the reputation uh, nationally of like. Oh, so you don't worry about losing him because you don't think he's going to get hired away? Not just, because you you would you don't yeah think they like could I just haven't him. I don't know that that perception is out there yet of Nebraska's defense. And obviously, if somebody's looking for a coach, they do their due diligence and they'll figure it out. That's what I was going to say. But, it's different than like media versus, yeah. you know, administrators right. and, and coaches. You're, you're right. But I, even even the media point, though, 
like, I still don't think people are, they're talking about the Big Ten, and they're like, man, that Nebraska defense is stout. Like, I don't think anybody thinks that or saying that because it partly, partially goes back to what you said earlier. <laughs> Nobody's watching their games. People are watching. They're college. not. They haven't People had a good enough record volleyball. at any point. And when they yeah, have they, watched they their have, games, they've been bad. Yeah. Every, yeah. You, that's the big thing, right? Every national game they've lost. Minnesota, they lost. Colorado, they lost. Michigan, they lost. Otherwise, it's been, you know, they've been on BTN and Fox Sports 1. They haven't, they haven't had one of those moments where they're, you know, in front of a bunch and of when eyeballs. Will that happen? So, when, I mean, uh, Iowa for sure on Black Friday. Iowa on Black Friday. Season's over. Um, yeah, but I mean, still, you're I'm, you're asking one, and yeah. and then Wisconsin. If if the Brett McMurphy report from earlier in the year or before the season is true, that'll be an NBC primetime game, you know. And not that like the oh, whole I nation will be watching that. Nebraska Wisconsin. That was, yeah. Oh god, that might be a primetime game. Oh yeah. my gosh, I yeah. Can't freaking wait. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then a bowl game potentially too, you know. It's so like that's Dude. how that's how that's how they. But if they Jack, if they get the, to the bowl spot, like then again, it will be a conversation because I think a lot of people are like, "Holy shit, where did this team come from? They're in a bowl. Um, <sighs> They've just got to find and, some freaking you know. offense. Oh my gosh, they've got to find some offense. They can win, Josh. They can win. They've got to find some offense. I don't know how, but they've got to. Ah. Oh. Jabs, like, are we approaching the what if we had beat Minnesota conversation? Yes. Let's hope oh, that we don't have to do dude. that. If they don't make a bowl, that is going to hang over everything. Let's just hope we don't have to do even that. Even if they don't, even if they do make a bowl still, like in terms of the division and all those things, man, that I knew as soon as that game ended, I knew we were going to feel that way. Like you're going to want that one back. You are really going to mm-hmm. want that one back. But yeah, you've got to find, man. Get some offense and things get freaking weirdly fun. Weirdly fun for the next month, Josh. Yeah. Like, yeah. W- fun that we have not experienced in a damn long time. Figure out some offense. Please. Figure it out. That's it. Figure it out. That's it. All right. That's it. All right. Uh, we're back on uh, Saturday. We're back morning. Saturday. Uh, 2.30 Saturday morning. Off on Saturday. Um, 2.30 kick. So we'll And I'm doing the post game show, but we we on Monday when we were doing the boardroom, we were dabbling in the idea of doing a uh, night show, dabbling in we'll the see. idea of doing a night show. We'll see. We'll see. And then we'll it's an 11 a.m. game the week after for Michigan state. So maybe you're not doing post game for Michigan state, right? Uh, no, but I, I have a, uh, a something going on that day. I, I will be able to watch the game. Eventually <laughs> I will be home that night but again, I, I will. It seems like I, I will see. be missing it live. Oh my gosh, yeah, Bigelow, yeah, yeah. that uh, comment is yeah. freaking hilarious. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Wow. Look at that Matt Rule picture. That's hilarious. All right. That's it. Hey, uh, if you're just listening to this on the pod, you can be a part of the lot. You can see Bigelow's picture that he put here right now. <laughs> um, yes. By being a part of. Our Discord, and the way you do that is go to patreon.com slash i80club. And if you're just a podcast person, you're like, I don't want any of that. That's cool, too. Just get it right away. Just get it. You can get this as soon as it's done um, at patreon.com slash i80club for 3 bucks a month. So pick whatever works for you. Check it out if you would like to. And I think you're going to enjoy if you jump into the Discord community. I think you'll enjoy it a lot, just the kind of the 24-7 nature of it and the different nature of it compared to social media, message boards, all the other things that are out there. So, And the live shows are very fun. So, All right, Josh. All right, we'll see you Saturday morning, right? Game day. See you Saturday. All right. Goodbye, podcasters. Bye.